welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends and partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin, uh, coming to you live from Naples, Florida. Um, hot, sunny, uh, relaxing Naples, Florida. Boys, I'm, uh, I'm excited to be uh, with you doing radio. And Piper, we have radio business to do. Um, so why don't you zip through that? And by zip through that, I mean give this paying sponsor all of the love and, and cherishing kind words that you can muster. I will give them all of the seconds, maybe even minutes that they have that they've that funded. They've paid for. That's right. Absolutely. This is this is paid airtime. Yeah. Uh, our sponsor is Tyndale Publishers and Nav Press. The book is Down to Earth by uh, I forgot his name. Tom Hughes. That's his name. Tommy. See, with the name like Tom Hughes it's hard to remember. That's just a that's just a classic, sturdy, trustworthy name. Absolutely. But it's a book about Jesus' parables, and so looking at how Jesus connected real life circumstances, physical things around him to significant lessons of the gospel, and then the book then takes those and connects them to our life. So looking at prayer life, looking at money, looking at forgiveness, all of which Jesus used parables to teach on. Um, and he, uh, Tom Hughes is a longtime pastor, so he's, he takes his experience uh, as a preacher and studying these things and brings it to you as a reader. Um, there is a, uh, there's an endorsement, and I love this phrase. It says, this book will unleash heaven's resources for you. Oh, Which is, uh, That's I mean, high praise. Yeah. Who that, said that? Like Glenn Jesus? Burris Jr. He is the president oh. of the Foursquare Church. Okay. Which... Nobody in our camp knows what that is, which means... That was going to be my second guess, actually, behind Jesus. So okay. you beat me to it. That's right. It. So this book will unleash heaven's resources. Um, but in glancing through it, it is a really helpful, down-to-earth, practical look at the parables. Um, and so if you're looking for something that's sort of a devotional read, a it's not a Bible study. It's more of a reflection. Uh, it is a very good book. The book is down-to-earth. You can go to downtoearthbook.com or you can find it at Amazon or other places where you buy books and check it out. Well, there you have it, boys. Uh, that's a book you can buy with your money. And, and speaking of business, Barnabas Piper, um, I, I don't know if this qualifies as breaking news, but it certainly felt like breaking news when we learned it. Um, one, Stephen Furtick, Ferdy, uh, favorite of the program, friend of the program. Um, I don't, would he consider us friends or do we just consider him a friend? Dude, I'm I sure am grateful for him. That's right. I he mean, is. I mean, he is a gift that keeps on giving without he really question. Is. I mean, yeah, t- with, without like putting putting too fine of a point on it. I mean, I'm I'm sure happy that Ferdy is out there. But uh, Ferdy is out there, and by out there, I mean he spoke at a huge arena show uh, called Lakewood, which is also the name of Joel Osteen's church. I found out about twelve Just, minutes ago. I'm sure I can't see you, but I'm assuming that you put church in scare quotes. Joel Osteen's yeah. church. Okay, good. I just, did. I'm alone here in my office, but I did the air quotes just for the benefit of, <laughs> of no one but myself. For the benefit of just conscience. I, I felt like morally it was the right thing to That's do. That's right. I don't know. I would have felt convicted if I hadn't. So, uh, so yeah, man, I, I never, believe it or not, before Ronald sent that link out, I had never seen like what a Joel Osteen church service looked like. Really? And I got I to gotta tell you, Pipe, I've been to like many, many NBA games in my life. And I would say the NBA is, is a smidge less over the top than, uh, you, you know what I compare it to actually? Um, one of my students here at the university where I teach took me to see 
um, like Monday Night Raw at the FedEx Forum in Memphis a couple years ago. That's probably the closest analog to what it looks like at Lakewood in that they've got like one whole one whole end of the arena is like a big screen. It's like screened off, kind of like a concert. Um, but there's just lights flashing and sensory overload all the time. Um, I had to I had to fast forward a little bit to the part where Ferdy started talking. Um, but I got to tell you, boys, it was uh, it was an assault. I've got any questions. Uh, there are many things that I want to hear from you guys on uh, about this, but I, w- I want to hear first just like how this sat with you, Ferdy speaking at uh, at at Osteen's Church, Lakewood. Well, can can um, I jump in with like a, a preliminary question for Ronnie? Yeah. yeah. So Ronnie sent us this link, which is just a, again a gift. Thank you, Ronnie, for this. But how did you find it? Because what is it that is, like on your radar screen that says I I am hunting what is it for Stephen Furtick guy? at Lakewood? What That's happened? Right. Look at it. Joel Osteen sermon. Dude, this is what's crazy, right? So I was just, I was on YouTube and I'm just, I'm just like scroll. It just came up in my YouTube feed and you know, I don't, I don't, some stuff just pops in there and I I really don't know how it gets connected and why YouTube is sort of like dishing it to me is like, Hey, you might like this big R, but, um, it's it's sensed man of the cloth and he, they're like, here are two pastors, quote unquote, of enormous quote unquote churches. This guy would love this. (laughs) I mean, I guess so. I it was so I'm looking and I'm like seeing Ferdy and it says something about Lakewood, and then so it just all the stuff starts turning in my head, right? And I'm like, wait a minute, is he preaching at Joel's church? Because if you know Joel, like we do, you say Joel, you don't say Osteen, you say Joel. Dude, and right, so we're um, buds. yeah, from way back. So I I clicked on it and there's a, and there's Jo himself like introing Ferdy for his Saturday night service, and I'm like, mm-hmm. so my first thought was. Dude, it's just weird because Ferdy, because I don't know, because of where he came from and some of the people he's associated with, you know, over the years that have been a little more in our camp here and there. Like, I don't know that anybody thinks that he's fully, fully, fully in the camp of like the Osteens, you know, Mm -hmm. like that into the camp of the coast of the Osteens. Right. And so to see him like fully like say, no, no, Joel, I would love to come. I would love to come and preach your Saturday night service. Like, it just, like, fascinated me because it's like, oh, dude, like, this is the jumping of the proverbial shark. I mean, this is it for sure. And so I clicked on well, it and given, I just – Given I the gong show that it was, I think they might have actually jumped a literal shark. They think that might yeah, have happened have just before shark, he right. walked on stage. That happened on the stage, yeah. There might be a pool in front of the stage, like, with sharks. <laughs> right. That's right. I, I, over think, I think his suit yeah. was made out of – Into the pulpit. I think his suit was made out of shark skin as well. Like, there's just there's, – there's, there's lots of opportunities for sharks to be involved here. Uh, I love because, it. I mean, and, and here's, how I wanna, here's how I want you boys to, to speak into this. Like, yeah. so we can all joke around. Like, we kind of did a little bit in pre-show prep where we said, no, as far as I'm concerned, Ferdy was already in that camp. Well, all right. Yeah, sure. But, like, he's – I don't think he's ever had, like, two feet fully, you know, on, you know, on the shark-infested Lakewood Waters stage, you know, until now. Yeah. Right. I mean, and the, so, like, if the was, only if place was, he's ever had two feet firmly planted is under the squat rack at the gym. So, like, <laughs> you know, right. you I know by, by gym, we mean the basement of, of, you know, whatever that church is he has in North Carolina. Elevation. But, uh, but so this is what I'm asking. So does this I mean, this doesn't leave like th- I mean, this doesn't leave like sort of like any question to those who are like, well, Ferdy, you know, I mean, he's generally okay. He's a, he's a little too much sliding over to this area. I mean, this is like fully embracing that whole thing. I mean, to say yes to to say yes to Joey Osteen, I mean, mm. it's making a statement, right? Yeah, it 
Absolutely, it's making a statement. Uh, Piper, what I, I've always I've always like mentally put Ferdy in that camp, but I've I've also, to be fair, like really never thought about Ferdy for more than a minute and a half as we were using him as a punchline on our program. So likewise, big T. Likewise. Yeah, yeah. I've I've not given this a lot of thought, but um, but I, I always kind of mentally put him there. Um, Piper, where where did you mentally put him before this, and has that changed? And then I've got a couple more questions. I mean, he. He was so Osteen has Osteen has always been what he is. Like he didn't slide into anything. Mm-hmm. You know, when he became quote unquote pastor of Lakewood, he he just <laughs> has been the same dude since the beginning. Yeah. Um you know, your best life now was his message from the get go. Whereas Furtick was like Southern Baptist Seminary trained and had some associations with people we would consider theologically astute but mm-hmm. also mentored by T.D. Jakes. And, you know, so he was always a, a mixed bag. And, you know, and then the, the more and more... And his church puts out some, some music that is... that a lot of really... That, that's really good stuff that a lot of churches use. And so there's this, there's this really sort of weird mixed bag. But the more you watch him in recent years, especially when he starts lying down on stage and... You know, and he just goes in on these very like inspirational messages that have nothing to do with the Bible. It's it's pretty clear where he is now, but it was a slow shift, and so people are always slow to pick up on that. Like it's it's like the old analogy of you know you drop a, a frog in a pot of water. If you drop a frog in boiling water, it jumps out. Drop it in water and slowly let it boil, it dies. There's a lot of people mm. d- dying in the boiling water of Furtick's message now. Yeah, and that's what I mean. You're right, Pipe. I mean, it totally. That's what I'm trying to say is like it. Ha- There's been like he he's kind of like kept his feet and like you know just he's he's kind of just dipped his toes in different waters. It's been kind of a mixed bag, and now literally, I mean, literally like the the kitty cat that is Stephen Furtick has been literally yanked out of the bag and just like thrown onto the shark infested waters of like Lakewood. I the mean, big it- steroidal greasy kitty cat that is Stephen Furtick. <laughs> I love it. I mean, dude, it's just it's just crazy to me because it's like I just wonder if like some people now are going to be like, oh, dude, like I can't like, you know, I used to listen to a Furtick message every once in a while because, you know, it really spoke to me. And, you know, I've always loved Elevation Worship like those guys. Like, is that going to is that going to tweak them? No, not not even a little bit. You know what's going to happen? More people are going to like Joel Osteen because Furtick shared that stage. You're saying this played better. You're saying this was good for Joey. I mean, it, it. Not that he needed people to be good for him. He's doing just fine, filling up the former well, Houston right, Rockets what arena and whatever. But no, it's n- nobody. Nobody is going to see this and say, "Oh, I don't know if I can trust Stephen Furtick's preaching anymore." Like if if they were on the fence, there was enough evidence that they shouldn't trust already. This yeah, is not going to be. This I, isn't going to put anybody over any edges. But wouldn't you say, though, like, if you go back far enough, wouldn't you say that if you had to choose, like, Ferdy has probably preached, like, an orthodox sermon in his life, whereas whereas Joel, like, maybe not? Well, sure, yeah. but, but I mean, but I'm just talking about at this point, he has been, Furtick has been who he is for a few years now. Like, I don't think he's sliding any which direction now. Like, he's... <laughs> He he just he is that guy. I think we just I think most of us saw him. I never saw him. I know he kind of got leveled as like prosperity guy, but I mm. thought he was just more like super 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 thin mega church guy, which I mean a lot of guys What's are the like, difference? 
Well, I know, I know. It's, it's putting it's it's a it's a it's a very fine point. But there's a lot of those mega guys that we would never put in with with Jo. Maybe with let Joe. me let me let me like bring this down to home, and then I do have a couple more. I have a couple more conceptual questions I want to lay on you guys. But let's uh, let's envision a world. How how big does Maddie Chance Church have to get? Slash, how many stakes does he have to sell before like people start to talk about him as a prosperity guy? Could that ever happen? Is there a universe in which that happens? Or is he too solid? Because I don't listen to his sermons either. I mean, I, you know, to be fair, I'm, I'm not that familiar with Matty Chan's work I, either. It, I, his sermons certainly don't lend itself to it. He still, you know, preaches a, a gospel that's fairly exclusive as, as yeah. the gospel is wont like to be. Like the actual when, gospel. Yeah, like when yeah, you preach yeah. the real thing. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, haters are going to accuse him of that because anytime somebody is successful and there might be wealth involved— uh, there are just those who get jealous, but he also fairly, I don't know if he's public about it, but other people have been public about his decision to like not keep the royalties from his books that all funnels back into the church's ministry and things like that. So he's, he has taken, yeah, I mean, he's taken steps to, to, to not build an empire around himself. Yeah. Minus the stake empire, but, uh, but Hey, we all get one of those. You know, but you know what? I mean, if a pastor wants to build an empire and a side business, like that's how business works. It's weird when they do it with the church. That's like, true. That if, is how business. Works. If if they want to be good businessmen and a church leader, that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's when you are, turn. Are you turn- really allowed to do that pipe, though? I mean, honestly, that was a big statement you just made because I don't that's know that. True. I don't know that we allow pastors. Is there precedent to start, for that? Start really successful side stake businesses. Here's Dude, the thing, is, is Maddie. It... Why don't you invest some money in meat? All the all the salary we're paying to you, Maddie, invest in some meat. We're totally good with that. Well, okay. Let me throw this back at you. What's the problem with it, other than the fact that it hasn't been done? Baby, I have zero problem with it. But we're not talking about reasonable, rational people like oh, us okay. on the. Are. We're talking about the average person that's going to look at Maddie and, and really going to judge him for almost anything, but really starting a stake empire. <laughs> I mean, you, there, there could be there could be some rational argumentation behind Dude, to that. be so, to be fair to Maddie. It's being done by all three of us, just not very well. Right. I, I think you, you have to do it in a mediocre way and then no one can find fault with you. Right. If but, you're uh, if you're part of the happy run, nobody's judging you because, man, exactly. that's. That t- that takes more breath in your lungs than money we're making to judge you for. Yeah, I mean, you know? what's exactly. what's the difference between that? I mean, to me, that seems almost more justifiable and legitimate than you know the the megachurch pastor who charges ten to twenty grand per appearance to speak at conferences. Dude, I think it's totally justifiable. Yeah. I think it's awesome that he wants to. Dude, I agree. Money. And in I fact, agree. like if you're if you're pastoring a bunch of Texans. Yeah. I feel like there's something that's probably like fairly down to earth about going, oh, I need to understand how commerce works and how, you know, cattle works and how yeah, the market. He's gonna be an, probably going to be an oil tyke one of these days. So he needs, yeah, to, but I he mean, needs to start with beef. It's good. It's a good. It's good. I don't. I, yeah, I just I can't <laughs> see a problem with it at all other than the fact that it's not. It's not a model that exists most places. Most pastors, when they do a side hustle, are building it around a more gospel-oriented things, and that's more confusing. I'm just saying, like, we're not ever going to have a problem with many of those things, but the average person that looks at stake empires and pastors is probably just going to have 
trouble with to that. To be fair, in- there is no evidence that he's building a steak <laughs> empire. They might own four cows at a time. Like, who knows? So we, we have said Maybe I steak feel like, empire. I feel like- I feel like Matty Chan is Pipe's cousin. Pipe's Pipe's going all in on this. I know, man. He really. I think Pipe may have maybe Pipe's invested in. in I think Pipe's got some stock in uh, in 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 Matty's steak. Well, they haven't made a public offering, or I would. He's recording from the backseat of that gigantic Cadillac with the horns on the front. He has some steak in the game. His Ford King Ranch is very roomy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The King Ranch. It is. It is very. No, here's the thing. I. I will stand up for Matt Chandler more than many megachurch pastors because I I know enough people who know him to to attest to his 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 actual character quality. And so but then it, but but also just taking a step back from that, if it was any other megachurch pastor, so I mean, pick somebody who's in our camp or outside our camp and you find out they they have invested in a side business. Yeah. I I don't have a problem with that. I know it just raises it always raises flags even though most people don't find out about it like I because you know what it raises just, flags just that it's like that it's uh that they like, have the it, money to do it dude pastor, they have the money whether or not they do it because pastors really aren't ever allowed to like make and I don't know what the line is right your dad probably has something to do with where that line's at pipe but like pastors really aren't allowed to make you know a lot of money or a certain amount of money you know that allows them to invest in other businesses, it seems like. Yeah, no, There's just no like rich this. people things in the pastorate. Right, exactly. So, I mean, that I'm just saying, like, the average person might, you know, they might just oh, have a sure. problem. That, that, I, mean, I mean, I I get that just because there is sort of that, we've talked about this a ton, just that weirdo evangelical guilt about accumulating but, anything. But Chan know? is like, Chan is as solid as they come, man. I mean, Boys, to be clear, though, I mean, here's here's my position on the matter. I don't know anybody that knows Matty Chan. And I don't care about Matty Chan. I just like making fun of people who have more money than me. So, to, like for me, like that's where <laughs> that's where it starts and stops. And, and well, baby, and you don't know that Chan has less money than you. Chan Chan puts all his royalties back in the church. You keep yours. You might be oh, three times as slow as him, man. Dude, I keep all those lavish royalties. That's what I'm saying. I mean, what are we? From we such talk titles about as now. Finding God in the Dark and the Bridezilla of Christ. I mean, it's just raining money. So. Let's let's get back to not to get too far afield from people on whom it is actually raining actual money. Um, Ferdy and Osteen. I want to. I, I wasn't done talking about this. Oh this no, there's, there there are so many more observations that need to be made about this particular event. Okay, so there are, and I have a question, Pipe. So this is based on having watched roughly four minutes of this thing, right? And I think you and I probably watched. The same amount in that we both kind of remarked on on Ferdy's words that made Osteen tear up, which was just a great moment. And my question to you, Piper, you've been around a lot of people. You've been around a lot of pastors, a lot of authors. I have to. How how smart is Furtick? Like if we were to administer like not an IQ test necessarily, but like if if Furtick went to your college would he have been one of the smarter guys or not one of the smarter guys? You know, I'm going to go full Wheaton snob here. Uh-huh. There's no way in uh, there's not a snowball's chance in Phoenix <laughs> that he could have gotten into Wheaton. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. Where did he go to undergrad? Do we know? I don't know, like Weber State or something. I'm I'm guessing here, but um, uh, Weber State. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do a little googling while while we Let's talk about this. But Let's do a little research. Ron, think, how smart do you think Furtick is? Oh, dude. Well, I dude, I have a friend who graduated with him at Southern. Okay. So, I, man, I don't. I've met a lot my, of Southern grads. I don't think that says anything about intelligence. Yeah. I, well, I don't know. I, I'm not a Southern guy. So, um, man, I, you know, it's. Uh, 
he just Matt to me I to me I look at I look at Furtick as a guy that was like an opportunist and he probably he's one of those guys that you meet a lot of people that really liked him as he was making his way through the ranks. Yeah. And for whatever reason they had bad discernment but there was something about his personality that like drew them to him. And um, again, whenever I hear his personality, I, I feel like, well, that, yeah, that I, I would not have been included in that list, you know, just going off of personality. But yeah. like, I think he's one of those guys that had, like, we would stand back and go, I don't get it. But he's mm-hmm. one of those guys that seemed like he had a gift and a talent for getting in with the kind of people that could help him propel forward. He graduated, he graduated from North Greenville University. And so this all just clicks because that is a Baptist school. Yep. And in the past, it has been sort of a preacher boy school. Yeah. Um, so he right. he was the I mean to to your point, Ron. He has that personality for getting in with the right people, but also just like that that preacher boy charisma that uh-huh. that people go, oh, this boy's got it. He's gonna go places, dude. When in, he was in, in the weirdo preaching was, world, yeah, in the weirdo preaching world, and when he was in North Greenville, he was he was wearing his his pressed khakis and his like you know, blue, blue shirt with the yellow tie. And he was, he was killing it. He was leading chapels. Yeah. I mean, he, and... used, to, he used to have like the little, the little like flavor saver thing on his lip, you know, sort of the, uh, like the emergent uh-huh. church look, but he was in a yep. conservative evangelical place. And so he was, yep. I mean, it, it, it's Rob Bell. He is he Rob did Bell. Start as a, he did start as a worship guy. You guys know that, right? So he well, did. that makes a ton of sense for the look, but I yeah. mean, he, in terms of the charisma at, except Rob Bell actually is a Wheaton grad. Um, but that's true. In, in terms and of, sort of that, that charisma that doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of the success it bears out, they, yeah. they, they're, they're two peas in a pod. No, they are, man. That's a, that's actually a great. Well, dude, you know why? Because it's like what I've always thought, like when people always says, Oh, Rob Bell, but he's such a great communicator. It's too bad. He says all this horrible stuff. And it's like, anytime I've heard Robbie, I just, I, the whole like great communicator thing always baffles me. Like I don't really, and maybe really, baby. Sens- talk about that. Well, I'm sensitive to all of his tick. I'm sensitive to more like the, the way people communicate than whether what they're saying is anything compelling. Dude, and you so know the, the tricks, you know, the tricks that he's doing. Uh, yeah, and it's just to me, it's like it's so I don't know. There's just nothing compelling about that type of communicator. To me, it's more of a personality thing. So when people say that about Ferdy, even like, well, yeah, but he's a great communicator. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but can you? I mean, can you handle the looks on his face and like the way he says his words and like the way he flexes his arm when he's holding the mic? Like that stuff kind of matters to me. I mean, call me cra- <laughs> call me well, crazy. Not to mention, mm-hmm. but just you have to remember that the vast majority of humanity goes for lowest common denominator. Like, think about the music that always charts, the top 100 yeah. stuff. It's like 87 of those songs, and that's being generous, are, are crap. They're just garbage, but people love garbage. There's a reason why like Nickelback still makes music that people buy. There's a reason yeah. Florida Georgia Line thrives. There's a reason why like party hip hop exists and nobody listens to, or not a, you know, like actual good lyrical hip hop does not. You know, there's a reason why your, uh, you know, your more avant-garde electronic music, Ron, is not charting because people don't go for stuff that that's creative or takes thought or whatever. People love lowest common denominator. That's what these guys provide. Zero Dude, thought. If- just make me feel good. It is. It's like the the summer pop jam of preaching. If if Ferdy was a band. Given the arc of his career, let's do let's do music comps. If Ferdy was oh, a band, no. who would he be? Oh no, 
Oh, no. Ron hates this bit. He hates when I yeah, do I this. Yeah, I hate this bit. This is a pet peeve for you, Big R. I mean, it we is, talk about man. that. Why, why is it such a pet peeve? I don't know. Because everybody's going to say something different than I would say, and I'm, I just think they're wrong. That's the so. point. Different <laughs> opinions make for interesting podcasts, Ronald. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I have different thoughts about that. Dude, Ron um, hates this bit. This is, this is fascinating. I, it's doing uh, things that Ron hates is a lot of fun. Um, we're gonna do two of them today. I think. Uh, <laughs> let, let me see. Uh, let me just let me let me keep it current right now. So keep it current, baby. Yeah. So he would be a. Uh, I feel like uh, I feel like Ferdy would be like twenty-one pilots or something like that. You know, that's interesting. Yeah. That's that's on the kind end, actually. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. I mean, I he's like. Uh, let's see. It's got to be somebody who's odd, like oddly compelling to the masses, and there's <laughs> zero reason to understand it. So, mm. like, my initial gut reaction was, like, Maroon 5, but then there are actually... No, that's good. Like, that's but, pretty but, good. But they actually... There, there, there's actual musical talent there. Yeah, but hold on. But not... But see, there, no, you totally summed it up, Pipe. You totally summed it up. Because when you look at that lead guy, like, mm-hmm. it doesn't... He, they've written a couple of good songs, but I cannot tolerate to look at him singing them. So mm. that's the problem, right? So Would like, you rather I, hear preach a sermon, Adam Levine from Maroon Five or Ferdy? The, I mean, just, that's it, the exact the same, same experience. Same Ron, that's Ron's <laughs> right. It yeah. is the exact same thing, minus except that like Stephen Furtick tends to keep his shirt on when he preaches. Dude, I'm just going to say something nuts. Like, so if far, you back, if you go back far enough, man, yeah, so far is so correct. Ferdy has preached an orthodox sermon that we would go, okay, he read the text, pretty good, illust- you know, pretty good illustrations, pretty good, whatever, whatever. Like you would go, like, okay, like Ferdy, you kind of did it right there. But it, the fact that Ferdy like opened his mouth and said those words made it so that I can't stomach it, just like Adam Levine. It's like Adam Levine could sing the best song ever written. I'd be like, the problem is that it, it's adam levine mm. that's the problem right i think there's there's some truth in that there's and, some truth yeah i mean just just in thinking about the aesthetic of yes. experiencing them aesthetic. doing the thing that yes. they do it's exactly yeah. the same because yeah. even if look even if joel preached something where you went dude i don't know he didn't get all like money and like prosperity it was kind of like sticking to the text it's just the fact that joel is the one opening his mouth that makes it so like yeah it just doesn't matter I mean, dude, he could have just word for worded like a D.A. Carson sermon. I'd be like, nope. Dude, that actually that keep keep that point handy, because I want to bring that up when we talk about our last topic, because I think it has it has import because that's that's a thing that we do as uh, as audiences. Um, uh, Yeah, pipe. I've got an NBA player comp, actually, for Ferdy. Ooh, Um, I'm going I'm going off book here. Uh, Dwight Howard Um, Uh, scored a lot of points, a lot of hype. That's way too South. generous to Furtick. Way too generous. Like, dude, no, but but everybody hates Dwight Howard now. Like, that's the thing. Like, he never won any any anything significant. Yeah, but the problem is that that Stephen Furtick, like Dwight Howard, was a multiple time Defensive Player of the Year. Was yeah. at, was on an, was on a uh, a Hall of Fame career. I mean, he'll probably make the Hall of Fame just by numbers accumulation. Furtick was never that though. good. No, he's he's never good, but he could fill an arena. You Guys, know I mean? can I just can I make this simple, man? Ferdy is literally just the Dane Cook of preachers. I mean, can we just can Dude, we just say that, like that? He, he did that, a couple good things. Stephen Furtick needs to drop his handheld mic at that statement. That's really on the money. Yeah, F- that fills one, that an one arena. Works. Lowest brow stuff. Lowest common denominator attracts 
just it, attracts it's mindless a, yeah, a zillion people but like no you don't ever meet one person that likes him like you're not allowed to like him and will and mm-hmm. will be completely forgotten when the time when his time is done yeah that's nothing true. memorable boys Except let's talk time will never be done you think Freddie's I mean, time will never be done? He's the new. He's the newsboys of like evangelical preachers. I mean, they Dude, go that's right. Him. When he's sixty, he's going to be doing the same shit. Yeah, he'll have he'll so, have a guy yeah. just filling in for unless him. The unless name. there's a scandal, in which case he will definitely be remembered. He'll be like the Jim and Tammy Faye Baker or something like that. You never know. Interesting, interesting. Boys, let's talk about somebody else who can't say anything right ever. <laughs> um, it's Dougie Fresh. Douglas Wilson. Dougie Fresh. Douglas formerly of, Wilson. Formerly of our camp, I guess, right? Didn't he used to be in our tribe, kind of? Ish. Like, what's the deal with this guy? Ish? Um, he still is. Like, in terms of a ton of, a ton of white reformed people love him. Yeah. Because, because yeah. He, he is clever. He is articulate. He's kind of the exact opposite of Stephen Furtick, actually. Pretty much. He is. Dude, you're right. His aesthetic is his aesthetic is unappealing. He lives in a remote place where he does. He has sort of a there's sort of a, a weird vibe around the you know their their whole institution. He is brilliant uh, intellectually and mm-hmm. argumentative and contentious. Yeah. Can't stay out of a controversy to save his bleeping life. And <laughs> and he he just he's he's. Other than gender, he is the exact opposite of Stephen Furtick. Yeah, that's that's true. Can't say anything right now, though. Like, I, I really wish somebody would publish a pamphlet for me of, like, if you're basically a reformed white guy who still wants to be cool, like, who are you allowed to like? Like, whose blog posts are you allowed to be okay with? And it might be a pamphlet that changes every month. Generally it might be like not a, people who say racially insensitive things. Well, dude, no, I know. And I, I know we're not allowed to like this this douglas wilson anymore but like um so so okay just to peel back the curtain a a bit on our business um we have been as a company uh in high level talks with one another about what to do about our sign off um because obviously we're in a we're in a moment in our history as a program where we have to um change the sign off drop the sign off completely we have to do something about the sign off and um and and one of you guys suggested why don't why don't we do douglas james wilson and, um, and I, I was trying to get a little background. Um, I was like, what's so terrible about this guy? And somebody sent the link to the thing that he wrote, um, after Rachel Held Evans passed away and I read it and I got to tell you, man, maybe I'm the idiot here. Like 90% of it. I was okay with that's and, Doug Wilson in a nutshell, 90% well, right. And 10% that like, it's like saying 90% of my car works except the brakes. Well, dude, and but I then, think, and, and, <sighs> I think I even said this after I read it. I was like, if Matt Chandler had written this, we'd all be clapping and saying how helpful it was. Uh, but because it came out on, on Douglas Wilson's label, it's the worst. And he's the worst. And See, that, but we hate I, him. I think the premise of that statement is wrong because guys like Matt Chandler have the sense not to write it. Well, dude, that's true. And so, I, don't think Matt, I don't think Matt Chandler believes it either, by the way, to Matt's credit. Yes. Yeah, I mean, even the way he Explain started that. that article, he's, he was basically like, recently we found out that Rachel Held Evans, who had taken a, what did he say? It was something like a, like a, a tragic and terrible theological direction passed away. And then he goes into, and I want to start with condolences to the family, but you didn't. 
you started with talking about how much you hate her theology. If you wanted to start with condolences, you should have started with condolences, Doug. Um, and but that's him in a nutshell. Like there's just a a disconnect from human reality in a lot of ways. Like he lives in I don't know if it's an intellectual sphere or what it is, but there's just a disconnect. This is going to make some listeners mad. Like I because there are people who just love him, and that's because. One of the major problems that people in our camp have is that they associate with soteriological and theological frameworks before they before they look at character, before they look at uh, anything social, anything emotional intelligence, anything anything. It's theological framework first, and on that front, Doug is pretty solid. Mm. But there's all those other things where he he creates issues which would make you say that his theological and soteriological framework isn't really that great at the end of the day well right i mean in in my mind if you know in my mind theological framework and the framework of one's life ought to be part and parcel with one another but in the reformed camp we are very comfortable separating the two we are right. very comfortable looking at somebody and going, he's a total jerk, but man, he can preach. That's a mm. problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the first sign-off was great because it came to us naturally. Um, it was an homage to something that happened to Trogues years ago, um, and it just felt really easy and natural. In this process of like trying to find the perfect next sign-off, i.e. somebody who we can make fun of, um, so that it makes us look better and brings us more listeners. I got to tell you, it's been a little, it's been a little cringy. It's been hard to do. Um, and I, I, I don't know what to do with it. And, and yeah, at one level it would probably now is probably the right time to, to sort of jump on the, the full on making fun of Douglas Wilson train. And, uh, and we could do that, but maybe our listeners can let us know if, if, if that would be a good business move well, for us let or me not. Th- let because... me throw out a couple, a couple listener suggestions that we've gotten. Yeah. Um, yeah. so we've, we've, we've gotten two suggestions from female listeners. Um, mm-hmm. one of whom said basically it, all of these are very kind and gracious. There was no criticism, just, just ideas. They said, yep. maybe it's time to get off of the, the, the Rachel bandwagon because, First it was Rachel Held Evans, and then it was Rachel Hollis, who was, you know, girl, wash your face. We've done that for, I don't know, two or three episodes. That was like uh, a placeholder for yeah, two it was, it was Nobody it was, was married the, to that. It was the trying to, like, a sign-off in good taste, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, while staying in our lane. Um, yeah. And this, this listener pointed out, what about one of the, the male theological train wrecks? Train wrecks. Uh, which, of which there are many. And I think I think Douglas James Wilson could potentially fit that bill. Uh, we had another listener who sent in um, a, a couple of uh, what is it? Is his name Carl Lentz? The uh, the guy with the abs? Yeah, the the yeah mm-hmm. the guy with the lats, the abs, the hair, the face. Yeah, Hillsong, New York. Hillsong, yeah. that's the guy. Um, you know, titles of his books that are very like destiny oriented, those kinds of things. Um, you know, that's funny. I could get behind that. So that you know, that's a possibility. Um, let's see the, I don't, I don't know that anybody else has sent in specific suggestions, but it definitely moved like the, the, the limited feedback we've gotten has been sort of move away from the progressive female sphere and find, you know, find another whipping boy. Um, so if we're going to go a direction, that's, that's the listener feedback we have gotten. Mm. Yeah. And, and you seem enthusiastic, Ted. Hmm. 
I just don't like doing what people tell me to do. That's a that's a huge character. <laughs> oh, you're flaw. such a four. I, yeah, I get it. It's a huge it's a huge character flaw. Um, so I don't I don't know where that leaves us. I just I, don't I, like doing what people tell me to. <laughs> I don't like being told to do something and then and then and immediately jumping through that hoop. That seems like the wrong thing for us to do. So the Carl um, Lentz one was own the moment. That is the name of his book. Own, own the, the moment. moment. That's a great title. I it um, it and it kind of works. It does kind of work. Of, of all of the ones that we have bandied about, I kind of feel like that that that's the closest to to on the money. Because the Carl Lentz arc too, like it has the potential to get way funnier, uh-huh. like before it goes away completely. Um, and there's I, a, I, well, there's enough critical mass that I don't think he's going away. That's the thing. That's what I mean. There's going to be more books with more funny titles. There's going to be more like goofy celebrity sort of partnerships that, that arise there. I think that one's, that one's got some legs. Um, I, I like, maybe that. we need to, maybe we need to give it a test drive and just kind of see how it feels. You know, like there's some things that it's a yeah. good idea and then you try it and it's just, ah, just it gotta kick the tires. Well. A little yeah. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta kick the tires. See, uh, see what the audience thinks. I mean, the world's just one big focus group anymore, which bums me out. But yeah, with uh, social media, you know, we get instantaneous. I mean, if I post an episode at like 3 a.m., by mm-hmm. 7 a.m., we have comments telling us what, what people, mostly what people liked. We have very gracious listeners who say very nice things uh, and great. occasionally push back. Yeah. Well, boys, I mean, I, I don't know. We, we may need more high-level board meetings about this. We may have to rent some more office space and, and just get in there and, and, uh, and try some of these out. But um, I don't know. I don't know. what any, any, Ronald, any parting thoughts? Are you, are you shopping for cabins right now? Yeah, I'm looking for some cabs right now. Looking um, for some it, cabs, babe. You, you are know, not a you are not a fan of this conversation. No, at I mean, all. I, it, it lacks um, it, it lacks some spontaneity, which is what a sign off needs to have. You know, so to yeah. so to discuss it this blatantly in front of our audience and then Maybe to try to do really, it is it's the in front of the audience thing, isn't it? Well, it just it lacks it lacks spontaneity, and it's it's never going to be funny if we decided to use like own the moment. It's it's never going to be that funny because of the way that we had to set it up. It's almost like telling everybody sort of the you know the punchline, and then then from that point on, telling the joke every week. Um, so I, I don't, it bothers me on that level. I you know I think um, I think we just need to think through this. I think we need to get some. Li- I think getting some listener suggestions, which of course we won't receive any of them. Well, I mean, we'll, no, we'll because we don't like being them, told but, what to do. Right, we don't like yeah. to be told what to do, so we're not going to use any of them. But please, no, send your send your offerings. We beg Absolutely. of you. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I think we need to think it through. You know, I mean, maybe uh, maybe the uh, the RHE thing. We, uh, you know, maybe there's a sense where um, sign-offs now, we need to step ahead of, of uh, sign-offs in general. We need yeah, to be a little yeah, more maybe it, maybe it does sort of come down to the, off. you know, every, everything has a season. And, mm-hmm. uh, and That's we're, we're entering a new season, which is kind of to be, to be defined and determined. Correct. I totally agree with that, man. I think we're better than that. I think we're better than coming up with some contrived sign you know what we can't be? We can't be Stephen Furtick and go straight to the lowest common denominator. Correct, man. Or Carl Lentz, for that matter. Or Joel Osteen, for that matter. Yeah. What would the I, lowest common denominator sign-off be? Joel Osteen? Would it just be best life now? Go out and it, live? It would be something, like, for us, it would be something like, you know, until next time, reform people suck. Or something like that. Like that. Except would be... we're still reformed people. That's right. But <laughs> but isn't that our brand? We make fun That's of the thing that brand. we are. 
Yeah, yeah, it's kind of our brand. Well, that see now, now we're getting a little bit closer to like having another two or three conversations about finding something that might work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Boy, this is this is feeling a lot like work, you guys. Yeah, it's feeling a lot getting, like work. Dude. I'm getting bored. I'm starting to look at text messages yeah. and stuff. Can we move this Literally. along? Yeah, yeah, let's uh, let's move it along by. I'm looking it. at reviews of the new Melody Carlson Christmas novel, and that's never a good thing for me. Dude, who's Mel? Like, I mean, is it, does that make you feel envious? Like she's she's got all this. <laughs> oh yeah, she's a yeah she she's a, oh, she's a, a she's new a brand low. name on Ravel, you know. <laughs> it's she's a, a brand new... name on Ravel. We've so, gone you know. from shopping oh. for cabins in Ohio to looking at reviews of somebody else's Christmas, Christmas novel. Books. Yeah. Oh, oh sweet mercy, oh, the save pain. us. This is when I start. This is when I start doing my shopping for what I have to look forward to for the season, boys. So bear with, you know, bear right. with. Well, and just to be clear, we're not making fun of Melody Carlson. No, no, no. No, we're, we're making not. fun of Ron. You're clearly making fun of me. Yeah, but that gives me my distinctiveness, and that's what I mean. We have uh, we have done what we always do on this program, in that we have beaten these topics to death. Um, in in our case, it's never been more true than it was today. Uh, and until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.